Hey guys, it's Cinnamon and I'm finally back with another episode of Sweet Tea Southern Mama doing Autism A to Z. Uh, it's been like a couple of weeks since I've recorded an episode and it's just simply because you know when life happens, it happens and um, you just have to go with the flow and you think that you have time to do something but in all actuality you find that you do not have the time to do something. Um, I've attempted to record an episode several times in the past, I think, maybe two weeks, and it just hasn't happened for me just simply because I've been um, extremely busy. Um, I think the last episode I recorded um, for you all was about our experience with Hurricane Flow and, you know, pre- prepping for a flow and getting Cortland back to back into school after the hurricane happened, well, the not, the hurricane that did not come through our city, um, you know, just getting him back, acclimated back to his, his daily schedule and um, making sure that we weren't going to have any sort of regression. And um, it was absolutely amazing, actually. Um, we did have a hiccup on one day, but we pushed through and, um, you know, we were able to get him back into school and he's absolutely loving it. Um, he is progressing well. His teachers are absolutely the best ever. Um, the administration at his school is the best and we finally have, I think, what is going to be a great team in place, um, that will get us to the next level um that we are looking for with Cortland. Um so basically that's what's been going on with us. And for this episode, I'm kind of going to touch on a couple things, um not one specific topic. Um as I said, you know, we're going to do autism A to Z and some days some episodes may just focus on one specific topic. Um and other episodes may just kind of focus on uh, an array of things, and that's where we kind of sort of gonna be with this episode here. Um, so after after Hurricane Flow and getting him back in school, and you know making sure that just because his routine was disrupted, that you know we weren't gonna, as I stated, go through any sort of regression stage. Um, that was the most important most important thing that we were focused on, um, of course, you know, focused on Cortland too, and how he handled all of the changes in the, the atmosphere. And that was a lot of what we were experiencing with him. We did experience some issues with his sleep pattern and, um, him not going to sleep at one point. I told you guys after the hurricane, we had, he had been up for 33 and a half hours at one point and it was just like how do we get him back on track so we experienced all of that but in saying that um we have had some other major changes that um we have had to face over the course of the past two weeks um and what sort of kind of kept me from being able to record an episode um you know when you have a child that has a special health care need or disability, um, like Cortland being on the autism spectrum, you have, there's a certain plan that you want to follow to ensure that your child is able to, you know, meet or knock down any of the challenges that may come their way, negative challenges, um, succeed at the positive challenges that, you know, that come their way. And in order to do that, you have got to have a team of people in place that are going to work for you and work for your child. Um, most, let me, let me, let me switch that around that are going to work for your child and work with you for your child, not necessarily work for me per se, but work for Cortland. Because what it is, is that I am his voice, you know, and he is my heart. So anyone else that works with Cortland 
or works on behalf of Cortland will also have to be his voice as well. And it's imperative that people understand that because we are the ones that are building the foundation for these children to be able to have certain successes in life that, you know, their disability or special health care need on paper in a textbook may say that they will never be able to accomplish And that's why I maintain being a proactive parent and being on top of things when it comes to him, because I don't want to falter or fail him at anything. And if I feel like there is someone that is no longer working in his best interest, then it is my duty as his mother, as his caregiver, to reevaluate that situation, you know, to address it and see if it can be fixed, if we can rectify it. And if we can't, then we just need to sever ties and we need to move on. And that's sort of what happened to us in the, you know, the last, you know, couple of weeks or so, um, as I've stated in the, in the beginning or, you know, in past episodes, you know, when you have a child that has a special health care need or a disability, you live in what's called a therapy world. And I know that like, that may be crazy, you know, crazy to hear, but essentially you do live in a therapy world because outside of everything that you have going on in your home life and, you know, your child may be in school and that so that's their academic life. And then they may be in other activities. So that would be their extracurricular life that you also have your life of therapy. And the therapy is one of the first and foremost things that is important in order for your child to reach the milestones that they in order to be successful at, you know, maybe school or, you know, having a great home life and have and finding balance and routine so that they are able to overcome any obstacle that may come from that special health care need or disability. And so with that being said, you know, we have a wonderful occupational therapist by the name of Margaret. She, I joke with her sometimes, but I really, really mean this when I say this is I believe that she was the piece of the puzzle that we really needed in this journey that we're on, you know, doing this thing, you know, autism A to Z was that she was the I don't want to say the final piece of the puzzle, but she was one of the main pieces of the puzzle that we needed because we were headed down a road of ABA therapy, which is a very extensive therapy um, where they, you know, they aren't there to be as compassionate, but they are compassionate with your child, you know, especially when they have like, you know, autism or, you know, sensory processing disorder or other issues that, you know, affect the autism. Um, and we, we kind of gambled, we kind of dabbled in that, you know, we did one session and after that first session, it was enough, but I had also inquired about doing the occupational therapy because, um, I had another therapist recommend it to me. And, um, because of his sensory processing. And so I, you know, got on the phone with his peds office and I asked them, you know, could we see about ordering him, you know, writing a prescription for occupational therapy? And it was like, no problem. So we were scheduled for occupational therapy and ABA therapy. Well, what happens is when you look at ABA therapy, ABA therapy kind of covers the whole umbrella of therapies in all honesty, or at least that's the way it was explained to me. And so it would also cover the occupational therapy, but it would be a little more intensive than just the one-on-one occupational therapy that you would be getting if that's all you were getting. And that is how it was explained to me. So when we met Margaret right off, I I felt her spirit and I felt the good in her. 
And so I knew immediately that she was going to be perfect for Cortland. And his reaction to a new therapist tells me a lot about how we're going to, you know, how this process is going to work, how this person is going to fit into this journey and into into our puzzle. So when we met Margaret, it was like, wow, it was like, you know, they were best buds right off the bat or whatever and everything. So she came in and she started to work with Cortland and we immediately saw a change in some of the behavior that we were seeing with him because of him not being able to communicate with us what he was feeling or, you know, what type of the input that he was searching for, what he needed at that time. And I think I've mentioned in a previous episode where, you know, Cortland would go and run and bounce off the door or, you know, like run and bounce off the chair, you know, just fall out in the floor. And it was just because he was overstimulated or, you know, just overwhelmed with everything that was going around, going on around him. And to a parent that has a child that is on the spectrum or has any other special health care need or disability, sometimes you have an understanding that they will experience, you know, episodes of that nature, but still to see it is, it's scary. I'm not going to lie. It was scary. Like I couldn't understand. He would just go and like run and like slam his body into the door, but he would be okay. But to me, I wanted to cry because I felt that pain, but he didn't feel anything. And, you know, that was the scary thing to me. He was just searching for that input that he doesn't get, like, when he can't regulate his emotions or his feelings like you or I can. And his because his brain isn't wired the same as ours. Um, and so when she came in, we, you know, she did her initial evaluation of Cortland and she said to me, she's like, okay, we're going to work up this diet plan. It's called a sensory diet plan. And these are the things that we're going to work on. Well, within, <clears throat> excuse me, within like maybe a couple sessions, like literally started to see like a drastic change in my child. And I, at that moment was like, yeah, <laughs> This girl was sent like God put her at our door. Like it's because like he put her at our front door. Um, You know, she was meant to be on his team and I still feel the same way. Nothing's changed. And not only that, she's she's a wonderful person. She's a sweet and loving and caring individual. And I know that she has my child's best interest at heart. And I thank her for everything that she has done. I thank her for the after hour conversations that we have when I'm just feeling like my world is just crumbling around me and I know that I can pick up the phone and I can call her I can text her and say hey I need to talk and she calls and you know she's worked with patients all day and she has a family of her own but she always makes time for her families for her kiddos um, and I definitely appreciate her. So we, so she came in and we started to see major, major progress with Cortland and we knew that we were on the, the right path, but also at the same time that we were doing this occupational therapy, we tried the ABA therapy and we only went with it for one session. And it was two reasons that I stopped the ABA therapy. Because I felt like in my heart of hearts that Margaret would get us to where we needed to be and continue to get us and continue us on the path that we need to be on, you know, throughout this journey. Two, the young man that came, the therapist from the group that the agency that we were going to do the therapy with the early autism project or whatever, he was a wonderful um wonderful young man um we were going to be working with three therapists from that group but what happened was the very first session he was supposed to come with the supervisor well the supervisor did not come no one called to say that she would not be able to make it 
the young man that showed up wasn't the actual therapist that was supposed to come on that day. No one called to say that they had switched schedules, that the other therapist had become sick and was not going to be able to come. So here I am, a female, alone in my home with my child, and with everything that's going on in the world, even though you know you have this appointment with this therapist, but you're also expecting someone else to come, you're kind of hesitant to allow that, that person into your home, allow that person to have any like type of interaction with your child. And when you do ABA therapy, they kind of sort of want you to be out of the room because they don't want that child to feel like they can go running to mom or dad or grandma or auntie or uncle or sister or brother when they aren't getting their way or it's just too much for them. So mommy's a little hesitant, but I kind of go with the flow and I let, you know, it go on and um, for the three hours that he was here that day. And that was the other thing. Three-hour therapy is something that I just, we can't do. (laughs) We just simply cannot do it. Three hours, like three whole hours, it's just something that we couldn't do. So that was another reason that I, you know, nixed that therapy. Um, But after just that one session and just the failure to communicate, the failure of communication on behalf of the agency that we were working with, um, I decided to just let his Pete's office know that we were just going to forego the ABA therapy and we were just going to see what the occupational therapy was going to do for us. So within a span of um, a month after receiving the clinical diagnosis, we had met three therapists at this point. Well, we had met two therapists because we still had the old um, early interventionist, Katie, she hadn't left us as of yet, but she was getting ready to, you know, leave to go and have her baby. Um, but so we met those three therapists and then we had to one day we were having a session with Margaret, but we also met the early interventionist, Jaren, and she came in with her supervisor, Kathy. So needless to say, all of the all of the commotion and the voices, everybody's voices high pitched or and whatnot. It was not a good initial evaluation on the the side of like meeting Jaren for the first time. But what we did was um, she came back with Kathy again. And, you know, Cortland warmed up to her. It took a minute for him to warm up to her, but he did warm up to her. And a lot of that is just simply because these kids see a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of people that come in and out of their world when you're on this type of journey. So when they get used to something, and this is why I say routine is important and you know, I try to drill that in everybody's head that that is in contact with us or that are that is in this village, in our village, is that we have to maintain routine. Now, while I understand that routine will get disrupted at some point, just like with the hurricane, but it is once you it's been disrupted and you've taken care of whatever needs to be taken care of, you have a duty to ensure that you get your child right back on that routine as quickly as possible so that you don't face any sort of regression because you don't want to go backwards. You want to go forwards. Now, I'm not going to say that you aren't ever going to go backwards at some point because there are times that you will go backwards and it's just something that there is no control over and this is just my experience and as I like to always say in every episode I am not an expert I am just simply a mama that's doing this thing called autism a to z and but I want to share my experiences with other families in hopes of shedding some light on those that are just beginning their experience with this journey or those that have already been on this journey for a while but never really like hey, I didn't think about it that way. And 
know how they know how to the next time let me apply maybe something from this podcast that I've heard and that's what I do I listen to other podcasts I'm on many groups I'm a part of many groups on on Facebook and other social medias of children of um parents that are raising children with special health care needs or you know disabilities um a lot of groups that are parents of children that are on the autism spectrum and I read, I follow these groups and I'm a part of these groups and I share in these groups as well because something that I may be experiencing and am searching for an answer to another family may have already experienced and I can say, okay, let me apply this back to our situation and see if it works. That's why I am always so quick to tell people When they give you a textbook answer, when you get that clinical diagnosis, that textbook answer is not always going to work for your situation. So you have a duty to try and, you know, do your research and figure out what works for you or what works for your family. Okay, I'm kind of getting off course here, but... So over the course, we got the new EI and her name was Jaren and absolutely adore Jaren as a person. Um, she's a sweet individual. Um, Cortland loved her. Um, they, I believe, had a great relationship, but there just seemed to be a disconnect on the fact that I didn't feel like she was his voice like she should have been. And I guess it's because that when you have been with an agency for two years and you have had to switch, you know, EIs um, or any therapist for that matter, and you are so used to uh, a certain routine, there's that word again, routine, you're so used to a certain routine in a certain way that things are done, you have expectations, And I just sort of kind of felt like my expectations weren't being met. And, you know, I would express, you know, like, can we look into doing this? And, you know, things just didn't happen on a timely, in a timely manner that they had before. And I understand, and I don't want people to think that I'm just this mom that thinks that she's supposed to have her way because she's proactive and she's, you know, very involved in her child's therapy Um, that when I ask for something, I'm snapping my fingers and it's supposed to happen. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when you feel like you've had a rapport with your child's therapist in the past and you feel like you don't have that rapport anymore and you feel like that person is no longer working in the best interest of your child, then it's time for you to reevaluate that situation And that's what I had to do. Um, As I stated, I absolutely adore Jaren as a person, but she just was not, I think, in the end, the right fit for our journey. I mean, she loved my kid. My kid loved her. But it was just some things that transpired over the course of the past month. Well, before we even started school, um, where I felt like she just wasn't working in his best interest um, and she's, she's an awesome, awesome person. Uh, she's an awesome therapist. She just wasn't the right fit for our family. And so we had to make some, I had to make a really, really hard decision. And it wasn't a decision that was made lightly. Um, I prayed about it and I asked, you know, when you, you, you ask God to put something in front of your face so that you know that you, you know, if this is what you need or if this is right for you, it can be anything. And so I prayed about it and I just, you know, I asked him to show me if it was time to move on and it could have been just moving on from her or if it was time to move on from the agency. So, I um, was shown just what I asked for and it hurt because I never thought that, you know, 
it would come to this, but it was just time for us to, you know, to sever that relationship. And once again, bring in a new EI, someone that Cortland will once again have to get used to. But that's a part of this life when you live in a therapy world. Your therapists aren't always going to remain the same. And that's because life happens. Something happens in their lives that changes and they have to, you know, move away or, you know, they can no longer provide a service to your child um, because they're no longer with that agency because of some because of a life changing, you know, event. And I respect that. And then there's other things that happen where you just, it just isn't working for you, your family or your child anymore. And you have to change it. And it's no hard feelings towards that therapist. It's just that that person was no longer a good fit for you. And those are the things that you have to really, really think about living in this therapy world. And that's why it's hard when you build a relationship with your therapist that goes beyond, you know, just the therapy aspect of it because you feel like you're hurting someone that is a part of your family or that is a part of your, you know, your friend circle and you um, you struggle. And that's why I had to ultimately take it to God in prayer And just ask him to just guide me on this decision because Jaren felt like family. Um, She felt like a good friend. And I, as much as I didn't want to, you know, sever that relationship, I had to because I had to do it for my child. Um, Just a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of stuff that was transpiring. Um... You know, things that I had requested, you know, just didn't get followed through on. And I'm really big on, you know, follow through, follow through, follow through. You're you're supposed to work for my kid. You know, I can do this all by myself. But when you have a team of people, um, you know, I can make phone calls. I can fax, you know, send fax letters, um, you know, send fax off things or you know, wait on hold for people or send emails. Like I'm very capable of doing that. But when you have a team of individuals that, you know, are supposed to be on your, on your child's side and be there to help you, you know, point you in the right direction or to aid you in the things that you seek for your child, then you have a level of expectation. And those levels of expectation may be sort of kind of crazy, but it's like in everyday life, you expect that when you walk out your door in the morning and you go to put your key in the ignition of your car, you expect for it to start. You expect to put that car in gear. You expect for that car to go and get you from point A to point B. And that's what you kind of expect from the team of people that's working from your child. Get us from point A to point B. And I'll, you know, of course, I'm going to be there to be a part of that and to assist you in that. I'm not expecting you to do it for me and do and do it alone. I am that proactive parent that wants to be a part of everything. And so with some discrepancies in some of the things that had transpired as of late, um, I, you know, and then the, you know, giving away of one of his sessions to a child because I did not respond back to you to her quickly enough you know kind of hurt me because I'm that parent that always will give up a session for someone else or rearrange my schedule to fit a training that you know may have come up and and that's the thing too the communication was it was lax it was too like lacks for me um, because given my experience with the other two EIs there was constant communication um, and you know I just didn't get that um, it would be two three days before I would get a response um, it, I wouldn't even get a response to say hey you know I'm working with another child or I'm headed to my next client or a call can I call you later let me look into that for you it would be two three days before I would get a response back and that kind of rode me the wrong way and I would end up having to you know call over to his Pete's office and talk to the special needs care coordinator and see if she could point me in the right direction or talk to um, someone else 
else. And, you know, maybe if my friend that works for um, the South Carolina Autism, you know, society and see if they could point me in the right direction or other agencies that, you know, we have have relationships with um, to see if I could get pointed in the right direction. And it just kind of it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth to almost to the point to where I was just ready to like forego being with this agency at all. And um, when I expressed that to her, it was the response that I got back from her that was God showing me that this relationship needed to be severed. Um, And so I did what she suggested I do. And I reached out to the supervisor and I just expressed my concern to him. And the one thing that I was struggling with was, did I want to go with a whole different agency or did I want to get a totally new EI? And I needed God to show me that as well. And the response that I got from the supervisor showed me that we are right. We are with the right agency. We were just not with the right therapist. And, um, so he worked very quickly and I'm very grateful to that agency for, you know, doing everything in their power for our family so that my child could continue to get the services that he needs. Um, but when you're living in a therapy world, it can be hard because it's almost like when you lose a therapist, you, like I said, you lose a, th- a family member. And um, in a sense that also since the, you know, the hurricane and everything, Cortland has sort of kind of become a little, I don't want to say withdrawn when it comes to therapy, Um but because he's in such a great routine at school, now when his therapist goes to visit him to do a session, he's just kind of like, no, no, no. And no is his favorite word. It's like, no, no. He doesn't want to engage with them. Um, and I think it's because he has that level of independence now. Or I think it's basically also because after a visit, you know, uh, an EI visit or whatever, his mood would shift. And I'm not certain if he's afraid that that same dynamic is going to happen when he's visiting with the other therapists that go to see him, when he's visiting with his speech therapist, Kathleen, or when he's with Margaret. And my son loves Margaret. He dotes on her. He absolutely loves this lady. But to receive a phone call from her yesterday telling me that, Cortland wanted nothing to do with me. Um, and that's her voice. Um, kind of was like, I kind of had to laugh a little bit because I kind of see him coming into his own and his own level of independence. And I kind of see that we have accomplished that very first sensory diet plan that we drafted for him. That blueprint that we started with, it's now time for us to tear it up and start to work towards other goals because I am happy to say that we have mastered every goal on that plan. And that is what I mean when you have a therapist that works for your child in the best interest of your child. Those are the results that you get. We were struggling with transition and redirection. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we switched EIs and we really haven't really had a real session with the temporary EI. Yesterday was her first day, but since there hasn't been any EI sessions for Cortland at school, Cortland has been phenomenal with transition and redirection. Um, you know, following directions in the classroom. And a lot of that is attributed to his teachers. You know, they're phenomenal, phenomenal women. Um, and the administration at the school, too. I did One thing that I didn't know was that his principal was telling me that she, she used to work with um, autistic children as well. But she has, there is a first steps 
person that comes to their school and, you know, does sessions with the teachers and that they've been working with Cortland's teachers. So and it was strictly for Cortland so that they understand his what he needs and how to not necessarily how to handle him, but how to help him reach the level that we're seeking for him without too many challenges. You know, we've already mastered and I say mastered because we have mastered a lot of things, um, but how to continue to nurture what he's already mastered, but how to help him achieve the goals and the objectives that they have for them there at St. Michael's in the classroom. And um, that that touched my heart um, because at his previous school, it was just like they didn't care or they didn't even care to figure out how to. And it wasn't just with Cortland. It seems like it was with all the other kids that may have had sort of like, you know, any other developmental delay or disability or special health care need. Um, but I'm happy that we are where we are with his school and with his education. And the other thing is with the speech therapy, we switched speech therapists, as I said, you know, not too long ago. And the Kathleen's only worked with him a couple of months before, not even a month before school started. And the child's conversation level has increased. But what I love about Kathleen is this, is that she is a retired educator So her understanding of getting him acclimated to his routine in the classroom was a priority for her and his language skills, while still a priority, would come behind making sure that he was transitioning well into that new environment. And that's why I know that she is an absolute great fit for us because she cares on a different level as well. Um, We didn't have so much success, as I said, like with the, you know, with the early intervention aspect of it, because you can say to your blue in the face, this is what direction you need to give to the teachers or to help Cortland transition into the classroom well and it just it wasn't done and um I saw it and you know and when I saw it it was just it was time to make that change but you know this world is it's not all I read something on Facebook it's not it's not apples and oranges it's not you know rainbow rainbows and unicorns you know, it's not peaches and cream. This life is damn hard. It's hard. And it's scary. And every day, no matter how successful you are at achieving something or your child is at reaching a milestone, there's this little gut feeling that you're failing no matter how much success you have, because something can trigger something to where he has a meltdown. And, you know, people have things that they want to say and they make comments about things. And, you know, and then it's back, it comes back to you. And then that's what sets in and it makes you feel like you are failing at what you're supposed to be doing when you're doing this thing, you know, this autism A to Z thing, you know, this journey. This is the path that God has chosen for us. And I know when God gives us life, he never said that any of this was going to be easy. Not life in general, not any obstacle or journey that you are sent on or that you go down is going to be easy for you or anyone that you, you know, it's not, this is not going to be easy for Cortland. This is going to be Every step of the way is going to be a test, but this is a test that we are going to turn into a testimony because I am determined 
as his mother, as his sole caregiver, that my child is going to overcome the challenges of autism. You know, from A to Z, one, two, and three, we are going to overcome this because we are built for this. So if that means that we have to change therapist after therapist after therapist after therapist to get to the right team that is right for us, that's what this mother is prepared to do. And if relationships are severed in the end, then I'll go back to the people are in your life for a lifetime, for a reason, and only for a season. And you have to distinguish which that is and God will show you. And when he shows you, it's up to you to make the moves to make the changes that are going to be beneficial to your journey, to your child's journey. You know, people question, well, do you think you guys could have sat down and talked about it? I did that. I tried. The response was what made it sour, you know? And when something becomes sour and you can't wash that sour out of it, what do you do? You have to throw it away. It's all in how you present stuff to people. Like if someone came to your house and you got ready to, and and I heard this in a, in a church sermon, if someone came to your house and you invited them over for dinner and you got ready to fix their plate, you wouldn't give them the dirty dishes out of the sink and put it their food on that plate. You would what? You would want to give them a clean plate. And it's all in the presentation. And, and, and it's not necessarily like a PowerPoint presentation or a presentation on a chalkboard or a poster board. It's all in your presentation of how you present what you can give to this team. If you can't be 100% for every kid or client that you have, then you have no room on our team. There's no space for you. Because while I understand and his, the therapist will tell you, I will work with you and your schedule. I am not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, it's the holidays and I expect to have a session over the holidays. No, I understand you have a life outside of this therapy world, outside of your job. You have a family. So I am open to working and being flexible with your schedule. But in the same token, I need the same back from you. And I just was not getting that. And it was not benefiting my child anymore. So I had to make the decision to, you know, to sever, sever that relationship. Um, and again, as a person, I adore her. She was wonderful. You know, she was funny. Um, but she just wasn't the best fit for where we are going on this journey. And that's why I had to make the decision that I made. Um, but the one other thing that um, I said that sometimes you feel like you're failing no matter how much success you um, you are finding and, you know, overcoming some of the challenges or obstacles that are in your way with this, you know, the, with autism and this journey that we're on. Um, as a parent of a child with a special health care need or, you know, disability, it sort of warms your heart when you, when somebody recognizes the the blood, sweat, and tears that you're putting into it. And um, one of his therapists yesterday, well, all of his therapists yesterday contacted me 
and, um, you know, gave me their rundown of how the day went, went with their session. And one therapist didn't have a session with him yesterday, but was over at his school for a makeup session with another kid. And she sent me a text message to let me know that she had saw she had seen Cortland while he was in session with Margaret and Elise. And, um, you know, she chatted with his other therapist and she chatted with his teacher as well. And she said that his teacher said that I hung the moon and I was like, I hung the moon, like kind of taken, taken aback by, you know, what, what, what that meant. Because honestly, I was clueless. I'm not even going to sit here in front. Like I knew what she meant. But, and I sent her the text message back and I was like, oh my God, I hung the moon, clueless. <laughs> and she, you know, she texts back and she was like, no, you are every therapist and teacher's dream parent. And I had had a rough morning yesterday and it wasn't anything that Cortland, that involved Cortland. It was just me struggling with, you know, anxiety because my anxiety level is very high, you know, when I have to, when, I, when when we're doing this journey, you know, I'm life, like I said, it's hard. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when your child doesn't really want to sleep at night or, you know, you, your body's so used to not sleeping anymore that when you do go to sleep, you're only getting about an hour and 45 minutes and then you're up for the rest of the night. Or when you don't feel well and you just have to push through because your child needs you, um, that really honestly made my day just simply because I don't get that a lot, um, you know, from those people that I expect it from. Um, now I do get it a lot from my, you know, my really, really close, you know, sister, like sister, like friends, um, sister friends and, you know, you know, my cousins and stuff, you know, let me know on a daily basis how proud they are of me. But and I'm grateful for that, but the person that I'm proud of the most is Cortland because his to most days I want to just reach inside of him and pull out everything that he's battling and that he's dealing with, and I want to carry that load for him because I want him just to for once just have a day where he isn't overwhelmed he isn't overstimulated you know that he doesn't feel like the world is just too much like it's just all like going too fast for him you know and to you know for people to say that they're proud of me that makes me that warms my heart because a lot of people think that I'm allowing society to place a hold or a label on my child. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm just simply trying to do this autism thing A to Z and get my child everything that he needs so that he is, you know, a productive member of society, which I have no doubt that he would be even if we didn't get the amount of services that we did because I am just that proactive to the point to where I will give up everything for him so that he has what he needs. And that's just, that's just it. So when she sent me that text message yesterday, it brought tears to my eyes because it was just what I needed in that moment. So I'm saying this to say say this, and I and I I told y'all this was going to be all over the place. It's simply this here is what I'm saying. You have to think about how you talk to and treat parents that have children that have a special health care need or disability because what we need most is we don't need any negativity we need people that are going to support us in this fight in this journey they're gonna regardless of whether you agree with it or not you don't need to always say it keep your opinions to yourself because when, Like I said, when I feel like I'm succeeding at something, it just takes that one person 
and any type of comment they say to make me feel like I'm failing my child and it sends me into a state of regression and I can't have that energy for Cortland because if he senses my tension then he has a bad day and my goal is to ensure that my child has wonderful days so be mindful of what you say to people that have children with disabilities and special health care needs. Um, be mindful that if you are working with a family, that you are indeed working for that family. You're working for that child because that child is a priority. Um, so I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh I hope to be back on course with my episodes, you know, get back to recording one at least once a week. I would like to move to twice a week. Um, But again, this has been Cinnamon doing Sweet Tea, Southern Mama doing Autism A to Z. Thank you guys for listening. Um, If you have any questions, you can leave me a message and I'll be more than happy to answer you. If you have any suggestions, you can also leave that for me. If you like to hear something specific in an episode, reach out to me and let me know. Um, If you care to continue to hear this podcast, um, you can hit that support button. And in supporting this podcast um, by doing so, all of the, you know, the support received for the podcast, that money will go to, um, to research autism research. Um, I'm not doing this podcast to make, you know, a profit or anything. I'm just simply doing it because I want to help families that are on a similar journey to ours or families that are just starting out. Because when we started, I had no one, I was clueless and it was, it was, apparent from the beginning that I was not really going to have all of the support that I needed. And the so if I can help someone, then that's great. Um, but if you would like to support the part, the podcast and um, autism research, then go ahead and hit that support button. Um, any amount helps every little bit counts. Um, thank you again for listening. This is cinnamon, uh, Sweet tea, Southern Mama doing autism A to Z. And I hope to see you guys or hope you guys enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Have a great weekend.